Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This is a dramatic episode. This is a dramatic beginning. <laughs> I thought I'd just throw some stupid music in there. <laughs> it is. It's dramatic. It's episode 104, but it's more than episode 104, everybody. Welcome. It is I, Morgan Wright, here with literally with my partner in crime, Mr. Double O Murph. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. And this is a special episode. This it is, is two ours. years. Yeah. Dos años. You guys have supported us for two years now. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> get get your head checked. <laughs> oh, man. This is, uh, I, I don't know that either one of us ever thought we'd be here two years later with Game of Crimes. Nope. But guess what? <laughs> we are. <laughs> uh, so you can tell Morgan has way too much time on his hands. Just playing around with a couple of the uh, sound effects. Thank I you like very much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. One of these days, I'm going to get a mute button so I can mute him. <laughs> well, you can, Murph. Just take the headphones off and walk away. But Yeah, but I don't want anybody else to hear you. Either. It's like a car wreck. You just got, you can't turn your head away. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back. This is, this is a momentous, this is two years, two years of us doing this, 104 episodes. In addition to, uh, we took the month of December off uh, last year, but we replayed four of our Patreon episodes. So technically, mm-hmm. you know, we've got like, 108 episodes out right now, but uh, two years. Yeah, we started this uh, thing of ours two years ago um, with uh, the first episode, which happened to be, and we did a recap, you know, after our first year, but the first episode came out June 21st was the trailer, and June 28th was the very first episode of Game of Crimes with uh, you and JP. It was. It's. I mean, the the people we have had on here for the last two years has just been phenomenal. Not only good guys, not only heroes, but some former bad guys who's given us all a, a great look into the criminal side of things, not the law enforcement side of things. It's just. It's. People call us and they're like, "How do you get these guests?" Well, some we know. Some we know people who know people. Some got a guy. We call Michael Franzis. He's got a guy too. Dominic Polifron. They all got guys. Oh, it's Joe just Stone. It's unbelievable, and it's it's as you know, it's all about portraying law enforcement in the most positive light. We want the uh, we want our law enforcement guests on here, and we want you to hear about the sacrifices they make, the bravery that they show, the dedication to service and to duty and the honor, as well as the sacrifice of of their families that they make so that their loved ones can go out and do their job. I mean, we even had Connie on here. <laughs> Episode 30, my wife came on to bust my chops for about two hours. And you know what? We had a hard time getting her on. And then once we got her on the podcast, we took a SWAT team to get her off. She said, no, wait a minute. There's something else I wanted to cover. So we had to bring her back. <laughs> so that's I tell you, it's just true heroes. I'm in awe of some of the people. And it's not stopping. It's not slowing down. The, the list, um, I'm looking at the list now. There's probably 70 names on our potential interview list right now of 
more heroes that we've either know or we've heard about that we want to bring on the show so you can just continue to hear what And there's some you haven't heard about and you don't get to hear about them unless you're on Patreon, which I'm going to throw a shameless plug for uh, patreon.com slash game of crimes. We talk about a couple big names coming up that we are in. We are currently scheduling. But you're only going to find out if you're on that side. But hey, well, let's kick this off real quick, though, too. Just uh, let me get some of the housekeeping out of the way, and then let's talk about what's coming up. So hey, head on over to Apple, Spotify, hit those five stars. Let us know what you think about the show. We appreciate your comments, your feedback. It helps us really improve, and uh, it helps us reach out to even more people. Head on over to our website, GameOfCrimesPodcast.com. Our book list is growing and growing by the day. I mean, we've got a bunch of books on there. And with our new guests coming out, we just had Mundo on. So we had his book about being a member of the Mexican Mafia from Alter Boy to uh, hitman so you got to go check that out follow us on that thing they call social media at game of crimes on twitter game of crimes podcast on facebook and the instagram uh and also if you are so worthy and you think yourself worthy and you want admittance to the inner sanctum head on over to game of crimes fans and uh, type that into Facebook. Uh, Sandy Salvato, our favorite mafia queen, reigns with a velvet glove over uh, us mere mortals. And if you are, uh, you know, if you're even remotely worthy, we might let you in uh, to no. see what goes on no. on the inside. That that velvet glove is a boxing glove, so don't take her off. Oh, the whack. <laughs> All right. And then uh, also, but uh, where you got to be, though, it's patreon.com slash game of crimes. We just did... Uh, Right as before Murph and I are recording this, we recorded our June 2023 episode, Season 2 review of Narcos, as only can be done by one of the people who was there. Who was that? Uh, see, Murph forgets already. I had to remind him <laughs> of all the key elements. And you know what he does, too? He gives away the ending every single time. So, spoiler alert, Pablo dies in the end. I just give it away right now. Okay. There you go. Episode 10, Pablo dies. All right. There you go. But still tune in and find out what we had to say. But we got 911, what's your emergency coming up? We've got case of the month, which we just did on Daniel Penny and Jordan Neely about what happened up in New York. We gave our thoughts on what we thought about the case. Um, but we got lots of good stuff. So you got to go hit it up. Patreon.com slash Game of Crimes. Tell one, tell all, tell your friends. Uh, just join in with the hilarity and uh, the fun. You know, one of the things we have on there is the Q&A. So every month, our listeners on Patreon will send us questions. Uh, we have not turned down a single question yet on Patreon. So you've got some personal questions you want to ask us? Come on Patreon, send us your questions, and we'll give you some answers. We're not going to tell you they're right answers, but there will be the answers. Yeah, some of them, Alex Hall, we've had to uh, <laughs> split up and answer over multiple episodes. But we we answer we answer all the questions, and that's that's a good point too. So, um, but you know, Murph, this is a show about crime. We talk about bad people doing bad things and bad people doing bad things to good people. We take the story seriously, but we never take ourselves serious. This is going to be a lot of fun. And what makes it fun, Murph? What makes it fun? Ha ha ha! What's the one section we do that's really lots of fun? I think it's right time now for <laughs> small town police. police. Blotter. Hey, this is the two year, and I'm going to bring back something we used to do, but hey, but let's talk about this one though, Murph. You ever right. heard of a party pooper? Oh, yeah. I got a real party pooper here for you. All right. It's a substitute teacher, guess what, in Florida, <laughs> was arrested at an outdoor birthday picnic party uh, because Heather Carpenter, 42, was unhappy with the way the principal at Philippi Shores, uh, maybe it's Philippi, Philippi Shores Elementary School in Sarasota handled a complaint she filed. Oh, she didn't like the way he did it. So, um, according to a witness, I saw a lady wearing a mask with rubber gloves on. She had a cup of something. She was pouring it out on the tables and then wiping it in. She went table to table. 
The police showed up, and guess what they identified it as? Oh, Lord, it's Florida. I don't know. Poop. That's why she's oh. a party pooper. She smeared oh. human feces all over the tables uh, during a child's birthday party. Uh, that's not... What was her motivation? Again, well, she was unhappy with the way the principal, which is this was the principal's daughter who was having the birthday party. So she went and attacked the principal's birthday party for his daughter with, uh, she was a true party pooper. (laughs) So is she looking for a job now? Uh, Yeah, she uh, no longer works for the Philippi uh, Shores Elementary School. Um, But here, pro tip, if you want to hire her. Uh, don't piss her off. <laughs> hey, how would you like to be uh, a potential employer and you're checking out her references and you call that principal? What do you think about her? <laughs> uh, I think she's full of shit. Yeah, man. It was, it was a crappy experience. Oh, yeah, there you go. All right. Well, hey, so, Steve, this one just happened. Okay. Again, another Florida man. Yay, Florida. Uh, June 21st. Police arrested this man. Uh, suspected of stealing an assortment of sexual aids from a Target store, including what fell out of his pants was a small pink vibrator. Now, Ooh. Ooh. responding to a larceny call Monday afternoon, cops confronted David Romero, 46, as he sat in his Dodge Ram near the Target in Palm Coast, a city about 25 miles north of Daytona Beach. Okay. While handcuffed and being placed in the back of the cruiser, a small pink vibrator fell out of his pants. Is that a vibrator? Are you happy to see me, son? Um, it was revealed to have been stolen from Target. A subsequent search, Steve, of his truck turned up an assortment of other stolen goods, including Trojan and skin condoms, Hello Cake lubricant, and Promescent, something like that, called a Climax Control Spray. A Target loss prevention officer told cops that Romero hid the items in a piece of shapewear that he did not scan at the self-checkout line. Now, here's the payoff, Steve. When asked about the merchandise found in his truck, Romero claimed that the items had been in his vehicle for days. Police said Romero added that uh, he was going to use those items today on his wife because he was working all day yesterday and could not celebrate Father's Day with her. Oh, poor guy. So the pink vibrator fell out of his shorts. What else fell out? Oh, my God. Nothing? Well... Hello, cake lubricant. Hello, nothing says hello like Frosty the Snowman. You know, here we go. Oh, jeez. Was that Walmart? No, Target. 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 Wow. I didn't know they carried those things at Target, but... uh, I didn't either. Wow. Okay. I haven't shopped at Target in a long time. Well, it is Florida. It is Florida. So, Steve, I'm going to bring back for a two-year anniversary. We used to do this called, What Year Was It? Okay. But I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to give you the year. I'm going to ask you, instead of what year was it, where was it? Okay. All right. Florida. Nope. <laughs> nope. This happened Friday, the 19th of March, 1858, before the mayor and other magistrates. Minor offenses. Eight persons were fined for drunkenness. James Ferguson was fined for not having his name on his dray. Dray is a cart to pull things, so it was his cart with uh, his goods. Mary Murphy, for being without visible means of support and for previous misconduct, was sent to jail for one month. Cyrus Lord was charged with having refused to satisfy a judgment for wages at Beechworth, was remanded to that place. Julia Kennedy, for using disgusting language in the streets, was sent to jail for six months. Whoa! Being an old offender, 
Michael Slater and John Western for fighting in the streets were fined, and five sailors charged with having deserted their ships were handing back over to their respective captains. Now, the last one, though, damaging property. Two women named Doherty and Welsh were charged with breaking the window of a house belonging to a man named Skolar. Now, the prosecutor gave his evidence, which I believe you prosecute your own case, as if no possible motive could have induced them to commit the act, whereas, from the statement of one of the defendants, the prosecutor had struck her on the breast with a piece of wood. The mayor dismissed the case. (laughs) So, this all happened March 19th, 1858. Steve, not what year was it, but where was it? Do you want a state or a city? Um, You give me anything you want to give me. I'm going to guess Boston, Massachusetts. No. Philadelphia. No. Charleston, South Carolina. Not even in the United States. Oh, this didn't happen in the United States? No. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about the U.S. Because no, I was I trying said, to relate where that. Where was it? I, that, your first clue was where was it? I know, but I was giving you where. I just didn't realize it wasn't in the U.S. Um, that sounds like a British thing. Nope. Or Ireland, because I thought I heard some Irish names in there. Um, maybe, but no. Guess where no. this happened? Where? March 20th, uh, uh, 1858, Melbourne, Victoria. Wow. I didn't expect that in, in Australia. Well, and what I did tell you was that what they were fined, they were fined 10 shillings. Uh, and so if I'd thrown that in there, it would have kind of given you that, but I, I played you. Well, and if I'd heard shillings, I'd have probably still said London or, or England. Yeah, or, UK or something like that, yeah. Okay. But anyway, that, that comes to us from uh, the police court that happened on March 19th, 1858, was reported in The Age. It's called The Age, reported on March 20th, 1858, in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, God. down under. There you go. There you See, go. I mean, you come on Game of Crimes, and, and it's just educational. It's educational, educational. We just, we just, we just teach you th- shit. Yeah, They're like trying. party poopers. You know. Well, and if you come to Patreon, we even have a section we didn't tell you about. It's called "You Can't Make This Shit Up." You never you know can. what you're going to learn. You can't make it up. In fact, it's stranger than fiction. So, anyway, there you go. That is it. That is it for us. Uh, and so now that brings us into our case in chief, as they say in the courts, our episode in chief. This is uh, this is the. Um, icing on the cake, so to speak. This is two years worth. And as we did last year, we were down at the Southern California Gang Conference Mm -hmm. and we ran into people again this year, some of them who have, everyone who's been on our podcast, obviously. And so we decided we grabbed three people. In addition to two other interviews we did, you guys, we we just did Ramundo Mundo Mendoza, Ramon Mundo Mendoza. Got a lot of great comments about that. We've Mm -hmm. got another bad guy coming out, William Rodriguez Badia. The son of uh, the father of the Cali, his, his father was the creator of the Cali cartel. That's going to be coming out. Uh, we got a great one coming out too. I won't give you his name yet because we got to finish it up today. But yeah. what we did while we were down in San Diego, we caught up with John Mattingly, Bob Mazur, and Joe Pistone. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting is um, had the chance to hear John Mattingly talk about the case of Breonna Taylor, what really happened. And I'll tell you what. A lot of people got their eyes open. Even cops, they don't all they hear, all they know is what they hear in the news too. They don't mm-hmm. hear the real story. Well, I thought it was interesting because John came down and laid it out for everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I was tickled to death to meet him in person. Uh, he's now, uh, although we were uh, virtual friends, now we're we're personal friends. 
just got to hang out with him there. And then, the, you know, he's got his book out. We had our book out. You were out there helping me out. Um, I just, you know, <laughs> I'm kind of in awe on the guy because of what he's been through, the way he handled himself and his attitude towards things now. And you'll hear it in, in this update that you're getting ready to hear on today's episode. He's still, I don't know that he'll tell you this, but he, he and his family still have to live in undisclosed locations because the threats continue. Uh, it's just, it's horrific what he's going through, but he has such a good attitude about it. Um, so just an honor to meet you in person, John. Glad, you know, we, we had the opportunity and looking forward to seeing you at some future events. Yeah, I was getting him hooked up with a buddy of mine on SiriusXM, get him a radio interview done, you know, get, get some uh, information out. And it's, it's important because we had cops coming back out and I told some of the cops, I said, make sure you pay attention. Because a lot of people didn't know this. And I even told John, I gave him a piece of uh, uh, constructive criticism. I said, dude, I, you glossed over it. You put the picture up there. But, you know, no, you know how many people know his son-in-law is black? Yeah, very few. Uh, Unless me, our listeners do, because, you know, we covered that. Yeah, but he says, well, it was in the pictures. I said, quite frankly, pe- people gloss through that. They don't get that. Mm-hmm. You got to tell them. Because that, to me, that's a paradigm shifter. He ta- and you'll hear in his episode, he talks about how uh, he tried to give a presentation one time, and they basically ran him out of there. And it's like, you know, that's disgusting. It is. It is. And, and still living under threats after all this time. And not just him, his family. Yeah, that, that's the thing that really ticks me off is, is you want to come after me because I was law enforcement. Okay, I, you know, I figured that to a degree is part of my job. But when you come after our families, let me tell you what, that's a whole different level that's going to get a whole different response. That is far different. And you, you don't get to do that. I'm sorry, folks, that there is nothing that says you get to do that. Right. So. Um, but so that's, so we, we caught up with John, which is really good. Like I said, uh, his book, he sold a lot of books. Mm -hmm. I think he sold Um, them all. Yeah. Sold them all right. 12 seconds in the dark. So, um, and the real story, but it was interesting because then we, we talked with some of the folks that came out and it's like, man, had no idea Mm -hmm. even the cops had their paradigm changed. You know, the whole story, the narrative was, uh, shot down, so to speak, because once you hear the truth and once you hear about what was going on, it changes. So I thought that was really good with John. So you guys are going to enjoy that. And then from John, we had a caught up with our friend, our friend Joe Piston. Mm-hmm. And the dude is still, I mean, actually what was good Murph too is you got him hooked up with uh, UTA because yeah. I didn't realize this. All of the stuff he's done is always fine to be friends. He's never been officially represented with all of these things, and he's done how many documentaries and gets calls all the time? Oh, and I mean, he's been brought in as consultant on different uh, uh, law enforcement sh- TV shows and movies and things like that. He's extremely active, you know, plus the speaking circuit, plus his books, uh, st- and still maintains the friendship with Johnny Depp, who portrayed him and, and Donnie Brasco. I think that's cool. I think it's very cool. The day you almost caught Captain Jack Sparrow. That's right. That's <laughs> I just right. <laughs> You know, and the cool thing about Joe is is when we get to see him at this conference, um, the, I've known him now for four or five years, and, and he texts me afterwards, and just he's such an encouraging individual. I mean, you know, people come up and ask us for war stories about narcos and Escobar and all that kind of stuff. Man, when I want to hear war stories, Joe's Pistone's the guy I go to because it, it just, I'm in awe just sitting there listening to the stories he's tell. But he always has his wife and one of his children with him, his daughter. And just these people are just some of the nicest people you will ever meet in your life. It was, it was really great meeting the wife, meeting the daughter. They sat up there, they were his fans. You know, they watched him. Um, uh, they listened to some of the uh, sessions that were going on. And it was just, it was fun to talk to Joe. 
and this is my first chance to meet Joe in person because we were supposed to uh, meet last year and he ended up, I think, getting sick, fell ill, couldn't come out there. And so it was funny because we go to sit down and even him, even him to this day, it's, it's, it's like he's concerned about he doesn't really want his image out there. Doesn't want, you know, not that maybe after this point, maybe a lot of people have forgot. But then I think about Griselda Blanco and it's like mm-hmm. the yeah. cartels, a lot of they don't forget. Traffickers don't forget. And bad guys don't either. But, uh, you know, hopefully that's passed. But so it was good to catch up with Joe. So uh, each of these things are about 30 minutes long. You know, we didn't want to overdo it. Mm-hmm. So we had that. Uh, so we talked with Joe, great catching up with him and finding out a lot of the stuff he's got in the works. And then an interesting one. Mm-hmm. And, and I say this one's interesting because we caught up with Bob Mazur. You know, we had him on. We talked about the infiltrator. Mm-hmm. And he he told us about something that was coming out, which you've got that book right in front of you there, Murph. Tell people what the book is. I do. So uh, Bob Mazur has a new book called The Betrayal, The True Story of My Brush with Death in the World of Narcos and Launderers. Uh, and if you remember from uh, episode 44, when we did his first interview, uh, Bob infiltrated the money laundering side of the Medellin cartel back in the day. Well, his new book is about what happened after the Medellin cartel. And here's the cool thing. you know, His first book was made into a movie called The Infiltrator that starred Brian Cranston, who plays Mazer. And uh, he's maintained his relationship with, with Brian Cranston. And so now Brian is going to produce the new movie on this new book, The Betrayal. I, I just think, you know, the, it's, it's amazing the people that you get to meet um, in retirement because of things that you were involved with in the past and people that you know. I mean, at the conference, we got to meet uh, John Bernthal, the actor from The Punisher, who's uh, agreed to come on our show here on Game of Crimes later on this year. Um, and, but here you got Bob Mazur, who has maintained this friendship with Brian Cranston to the point that, you know, Brian wants to produce a movie about Bob's next adventure. So, and the interesting thing about Bob's next adventure, it deals with the betrayal and the guy who betrayed him. Oh, spoke at the conference. I don't even want to give this guy airtime. No, no, not his name, but, but they have never talked. In fact, while we were there, they kept them in separate rooms because Bob didn't want to deal with this guy. Now they did end up being on stage together. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody wanted to hang around this guy. He was in there all by himself. Nobody sat with him. I'm sorry, man. It's one thing uh, if you make a mistake or you do something, you pay your time. But this guy, you know, I hate to say it, Murph, but I probably, I treated this guy worse than I treated um, Mundo, you know, or uh, because I'm sorry, this guy, it was, he did it to one of our own. He threw this, he, he dimed him out while he was in Columbia telling the traffickers, this guy's DEA, you can't trust him. Now, only by the grace of God is Rob is Bob Mazur still with us today because of what this former police officer did to him. You know, I went back in the green room, and typically there's always people back in the green room at this conference, and it's a large room, and there's you know there's uh, drinks in there, water and coffee, and there's uh, some snacks, and that's where we have lunch, and you can leave your stuff in there and not have to worry about disappearing, things like that. And I went back. I think I went back to get some ice cream. Oh, it was Donut Day, uh, you know. So I went back to get a donut. It was National and, Donut Day. That's right. Yeah. And the only, you know, normally that would, room would have been full of, of law enforcement professionals back there because there's donuts. Donuts. And the only person back there besides that former police officer was the lady in charge of the, of the green room. Nobody was back there. I got my donut and my coffee and I left. I came back out front. I was just, you know. That's what we did. Yeah. He stepped across that thin blue line and went to the dark side. And that's the way we, you know, I mean, I'd love to say things to him. I wasn't going to embarrass him like that or myself. 
but absolutely want nothing to do with him. And he didn't even take response. He, he, I, you know, was it you I was talking? No, no, it was Perry. You remember Perry? Mm-hmm. I predicted he. It's the same routine. He gets to the point. It's like, and then, you know, I was looking at my gun. I said, okay, here it comes. I thought about killing myself. Thing to, to, to he wanted to generate sympathy. Yeah, and he did. True to form, he went right down that thing. Oh, I thought about killing myself. No, you selfish bastard. You didn't. You know why? Because you wanted the money. You wanted the power. Yeah. And then, but the other thing did is when they actually got out on stage. Um, he never took, he never took responsibility for it. He would not admit to the things and Bob had the communications. They had some stuff intercepted. Mm-hmm. He would not admit still to this day of doing that. Yeah. So anyway, Bob's the hero here and, and you're going to hear about all his new activities. Yep. Um, just enough about that piece of crap, man. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into it because we kind of went, we went a little bit longer intentionally because we wanted to set up, catch you guys up. It is our two year uh, episode. So Apologies for going long on the front end. We'll shorten it up on the back end. Mm-hmm. But Murph, I think it's time to hear the updates from John Mattingly, Joe Pistone, and Bob Mazur. But there's only one way we're going to get to them, and that's by me asking you, are you ready to play the biggest, baddest, most dangerous game of all? The Southern California Game Conference two-year anniversary episode, Game of Crimes. Brother, everybody, get in, sit down, shut up, and hold on. You're just going to hear stories that you haven't heard before, and it's still going to knock your socks off. Well, hey, guys, we are at the Southern California Gang Conference. A lot lot of people out (laughs) here. And as we did last time, we did some follow-ups. So we got a follow-up with the person who did kicked off the conference this morning with the keynote, crushed it changed a lot of people's mind and sold a lot of books that's right john mattingly he was our first episode this year brother so welcome back thanks man glad to be here hey this is uh, i tell you what and it's exciting that we finally got to meet you in person you oh, guys yanked was... my freaking chain yesterday walking up to introduce <laughs> alfred or albert, albert or i introduced him as albert and he wanted to get a picture of him sitting on your lap yes he almost he almost obliged he uh, sat yeah. down real quick well after he found out who you were he really wanted you to sit on his lap so <laughs> no, it's uh, truly, uh, and I'm not blowing smoke yeah. here, brother. It's it's an honor to meet you in person. Well, same here, man. The crap you went through. I mean, I, I say it's over and over. I don't have heroes, but I have people I respect, and you're right at the top of the list, man. Thank you. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Means a lot. Yeah. So, um, and then one of the key things here was your keynote speech. So, what as we did last time, what we want to do is we want to follow up and see how's it going. But first of all, let's talk about one of the things you've done since you got out of policing. You know, you uh, state stayed under the radar for a while, but then you started doing a lot of talks and you've been going to a lot of conventions. So, let's talk about what's happened since then. So, you got your book out. And you started speaking. Where did you start speaking at, and who have you been speaking to? Well, man, it's it's mostly narcotics conferences. Um, I started down in Alabama and, and then Tennessee. And Tennessee is kind of what really got me the start. Gene Donegan down there. Um, a buddy from Kentucky knows him, and and they had somebody get COVID at the last second. And he was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. He said, I got the perfect guy for you. And so I kind of got my feet wet there, and it was just a blessing because from that one conference, things just kind of took off and met the right people. And, and then, man, I've been able to travel 
all over the places in the states I would never have, you know, gone if I'd stayed a, a cop. So um, it's been kind of a blessing in disguise. Plus, I get to, you know, meet new people like you guys and, and hang out with cops since I don't have that in my life anymore. It's kind of a void that you have. It is. You miss absolutely. it. Right, yeah. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing you miss when you retire because oh, you've absolutely. had, I had 38 years of camaraderie in the law enforcement culture and then all of a sudden you retired and it's gone. It's, it's I mean, if you haven't been part of the law enforcement culture, you may not understand just how tight everybody is. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're, it's kind of, you're out there by yourself. Well, after it's kind of your last day, then it's like you come back and they go, Morgan who? Steve who? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I have your chair when you leave? I had always heard, they'd always said, a month after you retire, people are going to forget your name. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, because of my situation, they won't forget my name, but they forget to call you. <laughs> yeah. So you get left out of the, the invites and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, let's talk, because your presentation today was just, it was amazing. Um, I watched a lot of it. You didn't see me. I'm I was actually backstage watching you through the curtains, okay. and then I was watching the audience and stuff. And it's like you got you got a good set of laughs. I mean, there was some humor in it, but I mean, you part of the story you told is really a paradigm shift for a lot of people. There are cops out here who kind of know the story, but even they didn't know the whole story. How many people did you have come up to you at your book table and go, "Man"? I didn't, you know, it's like they didn't even know this. It stuff. was at least a couple dozen. The very last lady that just came up to me, we, we were talking for a minute, and she interjected when I was talking to other guys. She said, this whole time, I thought you had the wrong apartment. I thought y'all went to the wrong place. It was today that I learned you didn't. You're kidding. Yeah. No, and there's several people out there that thought that. I mean, it's it's bizarre how somebody with influence like a Kamala Harris or LeBron James, who have millions of followers, can say one thing and it just sticks. Because they, they didn't get the facts. Steve and I talk about this all the time. Do your own research. But somebody say, my, my response to somebody one time when they talked about, they were talking about this case, they said, well, he hit the wrong apartment. I said, how do you know? What's your research? Where did you come up with? Where did ben you come Crump up with that? Told me. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> now that, I, and I came walking through today too when when you'd put up the video of Kamala Harris. So I was walking through today when you were showing the video from Kamala Harris, and and I'm, you know, I mean, our listeners, you know, we try to stay as apolitical as we can here, but when you got the Vice President of the United States coming out and making these false claims because they simply haven't, and not just her, it could be any politician, just because they haven't researched the facts, taken the time to learn what the real truth is, that is, in my book, that's completely unacceptable. That's the highest, second highest political office in our country, and she's sitting there sprouting out lies simply because either she didn't do the research or her advisors, her, her, the, her mentors around her, or giving her bad information. Well, Steve, I hate to go to her defense, but in her defense, she was only a senator at that point. Was she? Yeah. 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 At that point when she did, now in the in the presidential debates, both Harris and Biden on national TV yeah. condemned it and talked about it and oh, said wrong things. Goodness. So, But uh, at that point, she was a senator. That's when she got the, the 48 or 58 or whatever it was, senators and congressmen to write to, that letter uh, yeah, you're right. condemning us and saying yep. we should go to prison, lose our pension, all that stuff. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, and but, the problem is there's no recourse on them. Right. There's none. They have, well, they the have only thing you can do immunity. is wait till the next election cycle and vote them out, but that doesn't happen with a lot of these incumbents. Right. Well, because people have short memories. It's a new thing tomorrow and a new thing the next day. They destroy life and move on and then destroy somebody else and move on and and by the time that two years or four years is up people have forgotten about i mean we, we've got such short memories in this country it's unbelievable yep it's unacceptable well let's talk a little bit too about how it's been going then with the speaking thing so you started talking to law enforcement have you talked to some community groups or the public well it's funny you say that so i talked to a group in kentucky the the southern kentucky republican women's uh convention and it got out and we had protests, 
and the venue we were supposed to have it at, which was a private closed e- event at a country club, they got harassed so much that they backed out two hours before, three hours before, <laughs> and and one of the guys that was running for governor of Kentucky knew I was going to be there, asked if he could come. When things got hot in the media, he pulled out. And from what I was told from inside people, it was actually the guy who advised him to pull out of it is the one whose wife goes to that country club. And he reached out to the country club and said, hey, shouldn't have him. And so they canceled that also. And so we ended up at this, I feel so bad for this restaurant. It's called Anna's Greek Restaurant. And the person, one of the ladies lives in their neighborhood and knows them. And she was like, hey, can we rent an upstairs out? There's going to be like... 85 or 100 people, whatever it was. Um, He's a businessman. He Mm -hmm. didn't even ask why. Mm -hmm. Sure, you can rent it out. Did it. Well, the upstairs wasn't totally enclosed. It was kind of like a balcony type thing. So some of the people downstairs could hear. But what I think happened is a couple of the protesters got reservations and came in and then threw a fit and were yelling downstairs, say her name, you know, all this stuff, murder, all the the typical stuff. And then it hit the news and then social media and he got dogged on there. The owner did. And, you know, they're calling him all kinds of names and he's an immigrant. He's not even from America. He came here and he started from nothing and built this thing all the way up and is, you know, has employees and a reputable business and they're trying to tear it down. And I was like, so I got on and made a statement saying, hey, this guy knew nothing. He he didn't support me. He didn't know me. I don't know him. He's a businessman doing business Mm -hmm. and, you know, you are condemning him for it. So there's been that type of thing. So I was kind of like, yeah, I probably won't speak in Kentucky again because it's still too hot right now. Unbelievable. And what what year did she pass away? 2020. Unbelievable. Yeah. And well, people are still not interested in the not not the people that are giving you the problems. They're still not interested in the truth. Yeah, I told one of the, the one of the females down there that was yelling and I said, "Look, you're welcome to come up and hear the truth if you like." Well, she just kept overriding what I was saying yelling and and they walked out eventually, but yeah, it was it was Fiasco and not before they ruined everybody else's meal. Uh, yeah. You know that's the other thing too is that nobody wants to have a uh, respectful but candid debate. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I was telling some other folks. I got a friend of mine that we're polar opposites politically, but we're we've we've remained friends for years. We played in a band together. We go out and do stuff together because it's respectful. I respect his point of view. He respects mine. We can have good, vigorous discussions without ever getting personal about it. I think we've just lost. Nobody wants to hear the facts anymore. What they get is a narrative. But let me tell you, I was telling somebody this too, and I learned this from a guy I listened to on the radio a lot out of Meyer, a guy named Chris Plant. But uh, he's a funny guy. Uh, but he says the media has the most insidious power there is, and it's the power to ignore. And they ignore the truth. They ignore because it doesn't frame and fit the narrative. And so they can ignore. Oh, <laughs> that's as happened. well you know. Yeah. So there's been, when I put the book out, you know, through the publisher reached out to media, both left and right, and nobody wanted to talk. You know, you had somebody like OAN had me on once. I've been on, um, uh, what's the other channel? Newsmax a few times. They've been mm-hmm. they've been cordial, but like Fox wouldn't touch it. Uh, CNN, MSNBC, none of them wanted the truth. You're like, well, here, take the book, read it, and if you have any questions about it, if you want to if you want to debate me or question whether I'm lying or not, do it. I don't care. I've got the truth. It's not going to change. Mm-hmm. So this is the answer. It's going to be the answer when you ask me ten different ways, just like attorneys do. And this is it. And none of them would have it. I have a. I have somebody I'm going to introduce you to. I don't know if you know who David Webb is. No. David Webb's got a big following on SiriusXM. He's done stuff on Fox and the other stuff. He's a good conservative patriot. Here, I'll t- give 
tell you a funny story about David real quick. You see where I'm going with this. So David got invited to be on CNN one time, and it was, uh, but they were doing it. They had to do a phoner, so he's phoning in, and the host. I don't, I don't remember what her name was. She was a black lady, uh, but she started talking to him, and then she started lecturing him on his white privilege. <laughs> and David says, he goes, well, apparently your staff didn't do their homework for you. He says, I'm black. <laughs> oh, oops. <laughs> David and I have been buddies for a long time. Oh, I've helped him out with stuff I've been on a show. So I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do is actually when we get done here, I'll make an intro All right. as we're sitting here right now. I'll introduce you to David. David loves this guy. David's a patriot, man. True American. But he calls it like he sees it, which is what I – and he would eat this up because I think he loves he loves destroying the narrative and getting to the facts, getting to the truth. So we'll, we'll, we'll do that for you too. So um, any more community groups? Um not really community. You know, okay. I've done an FOP group, uh, HIDA groups, uh, but it's mainly just, just police officers. I don't know if... I don't know if the general public's just not quite. I think most people are scared of the controversy after stuff what happens yeah. like in, in at Anna's Greek restaurant happened because they're like, we don't want our organization, our life destroyed over something that we really don't have a vested. Yeah, but isn't it amazing that it only takes? There's it's the vocal minority. Yeah. Right. The, the problem is the silent majority is remaining silent. That's the problem. I when like when I watch the people in the audience today here when you're talking, I mean there are people there who's has had like you said complete paradigm shift. You you didn't hit the wrong door when you learn about her and her background and the money she was holding for the other people. You learned about, you know what? It's that whole interview with, I don't even want to give him airtime, the dude, the one that fired the shots, mm -hmm. the one that was so heroic, he waited 17 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. In that interview, he acknowledges that he knew it was the police out there. This is a, he's in police station being interviewed by a police detective knows it's being recorded and he says on there he knew it was the police out there and yet what's the narrative that got out there uh, he didn't know we didn't knock and announce that he thought he was getting broken into or getting robbed or you know it's just See, it changed like that, nine times number one and why that video is not being played every time somebody said let me play you the video from the guy mm -hmm. right he well, says and what we call that lying yeah. that's exactly what he did all yeah. you got to do is tell the truth that's what john did and that, yet nobody wants to hear the truth no, well, it's not sensational enough. It doesn't cause the drama that, that exactly. people need for that little endorphin hit they get in the back of their head. Yep. It would put everything to rest. It would it would calm down your life considerably. Well, I mean, it's been proven that that anything that's very um, antagonistic or very you know causes drama, people want. You know, it's and it's not well, what we need. Conflict sells. That's books. what we in Hollywood. When's the last time you wanted to watch a movie to where nothing happened in it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we talk about Narcos, Steve. Yeah. There, there wasn't this conflict between you and JP, but they had to create conflict yeah. because that conflict drives the story forward. That's and that was the biggest thing I learned in dealing with with the narcos and Netflix and, and the whole series was the conflict is included in everything. They show Javier and I yelling at each other and shoving each other and getting ready to go in a fist fight. <laughs> We've never even had a disagreement. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, but you're right. It's that's what sells. That's what sells. All right, well, let's talk about some of the groups you've talked to. What are, what, now that your book is out and you've got folks, I mean, you sold a lot of books out here today, too. I mean, there's a lot of people. I had to go track your ass down, by the way. I was guarding <laughs> your table. I said, I came in, I don't know if you saw this, Murph, I came into the auditorium and he's kind of lollygagging. And I said, dude, you got a freaking line out there. <laughs> yeah, he goes, did. Oh, my God. Then he starts, you know, yeah, you know, faster. being the friend that I am, you know, I was sharing a table with him. I'm like, hey, folks, we got manhunters over here. Come on over. We'll be back later. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that to you, man. No, I wouldn't care. Uh, 
<laughs> no, but I mean, but I mean, it's but but that's the the way you gauge too is you look at the lines that show up the people that want to get the book. And I mean, you basically, I don't know how much how many books have you got left now. I think I sold right at fifty. So yeah, far. but I mean, but you got a, a lot. Yeah. I mean, lot are gone. And uh, but th- that was the thing. So, but when you've talked to these groups, give me your takeaways. W- when you get done talking and they hear the <laughs> real story, what are like two of the top three? two to three takeaways they take away from, you know, of course they take away from it, but that changes their mind about stuff. And then I want you to address too, it was the big important lesson you talked about at the end. We have plans for all of this stuff, but what's my personal plan for when I'm involved in something big? So the takeaways that people get, first off, I've got a lot of them come up to me ticked off and they're like, screw this job. I don't want it. And I'm always like, no, no, no. We need you. That was not the purpose of this. We need guys like you who are willing to risk everything Mm -hmm. for the rest of us. I'm not there anymore. Right. I want you. Right. And um, so that's a takeaway. The, The other one is just they're baffled by the lies. They're baffled that they bought into it. Being a cop, seeing what they see on the daily as far as they watch the news. I remember you know, just being a beat cop and making a scene and doing something, then seeing it on the news the next day going, that's not how it happened. Mm-hmm. But it didn't affect me, so I didn't care. I just went on with my life. Yeah. But then once you're actually affected by something, it just hits you a little different. And it, it even bothers me more now when I see stuff like, like the Kyle Rittenhouse stuff. I get so mad now because I'm like, I get it. I've been there. I know he's getting drugged for no reason. But you know the biggest takeaway from that trial was? I hate to interrupt there. You know, did you see what his defense attorney did when they brought up the one guy that was supposed to be the, quote, victim? And they've got the video, and he admits, yeah, I had a rifle pointed in his face. Right. How many people heard that before the trial? Oh, none, probably. <laughs> and that video was out there for how long? It's Since still, the incident. It's still, because, you know, I follow him online, he follows me, and... He still gets people say that stupid kind of stuff. You know, this this guy came on purpose, crossed state lines to kill people. And I'm like, no, the pedophiles kind of attacked him. You know, they hit him in the head with a the skateboard. They pulled a gun and pointed at his face. Why does he not have the right to protect himself? Like, mm-hmm. How can Kenneth Walker be a hero for shooting a cop for, quote, protecting his house? But this kid's a demon for protecting his life. Right. Makes no sense. Right. It just, it's got to fit whatever their agenda is. Right. It, you know, and for our listeners, I mean, you've heard uh, Morgan and I say this a hundred times now. Don't, don't accept what politicians or the media feeds us. You all have a brain. We all have a brain. We are all intelligent to a certain degree. Do your research, and then you make up your own mind. Well, what's I like true. the way you couch that, we're all intelligent to, to a certain degree. Okay, <laughs> well, who are you referring to exactly? Well, I was here? looking at you, but I didn't want to say your name. <laughs> but, I mean, even – so you were with me yesterday. I did two presentations yesterday yeah. on the Escobar story here at the, Cal, at the Southern California Game Conference. And both times, at the end – and, and it's pretty much the same tre- uh, presentation for eight years now. You know, Pablo dies in the end. But at the end, before I tell them what the result was of the death, how the death rate in Medellin reduced by almost 80%, I challenge the audience, don't accept what I'm telling you as the gospel. Right. Go, I'm going to tell you, and then I, I want there, you. I, <laughs> yeah, I want you to go tell your, you do your own research, and then you decide. If I'm telling, if I'm telling you is well, true, and your not. great story about that, you were on Tom Segura had you on his podcast, mm-hmm. and he had all of these preconceived notions. Tom Segura, he's got one of the top podcasts on the interwebs, you know. Yeah. And when you got done, what was what was his takeaway? He said, "I've got to tell you, you have just changed my mind 180 degrees." And Tom, I mean, he's all over the world right now. I hmm. follow him on social media. He's he's doing this worldwide tour. He's, I think, the name of his tour is "I'm Going Everywhere." You know, and I mean, so this is a big dude right. that is used to challenging people. And by the time we finished, and it wasn't confrontational, it was very cordial. Totally diffused him. Yeah. 
Yeah. But he was a nice guy on top of that, you know, but he's not somebody you would bowl over. But once he heard the facts, completely different opinion. Right. Well, and that's most people, even civilians that I've talked to, uh, because I'm, I'm willing to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like I was at Illinois at a conference and a lady in a um, Illinois state... I don't know what they called it. It's their integrity unit. So it's kind of like their IA, mm-hmm. state police. She came up to me after the, I was signing books. She came up to the table, and I thought she was going to get a book. She said, no, nope, I don't want a book. And she pulled her phone out. She's looking at I've just got some questions for you. And she started interrogating me right there. Wow. Well, I'm signing books. I'm like, she's like, do you mind answering? I went, ask me anything you want. I said, I'll answer any question you got. And so I answered all her questions. The sad part was probably... Five of the six questions I answered in the presentation she had listened. It's like, where yeah. have you been for yeah. the last two hours? I wanted to say that, but I was trying so hard to be nice. I'm like, did you have your ears plugged? I mean, everything you wrote down that you thought of during this presentation, you must have been busy typing while I was telling the answer. And so, Unbelievable. And, and it didn't even bother me, really, but I'm just like... Number one, why are you coming at me as an investigator at a conference? Mm-hmm. You know that that irritated me because nobody likes investigators, right? right. Nobody likes that. And, and so, uh, <laughs> but but I'm like, that's fine. I'll answer your questions. And she thanked me afterwards, and she was kind when she was done. But I'm like, it's kind well, of useless. Did you did you say did you? I should have just hand her a book and said, here, you ain't got to buy it. I'll just give it to you. <laughs> it, all the book. answers are in there. <laughs> Wow. Is that all I got to do? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't know what you're in for, John. <laughs> Get your hand off my thigh. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> whoa, 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 don't let the good looks fool you. Uh, went right. It was real the quick. music. It was the singing last night. I know, I know. Yes. Yeah. Very yeah. talented. I was there, yes. And you, you you were a big hit with all the women over 70. That's yes. all I can say. Uh, um, the hips uh, were uh, swaying. Well, no, you got to be careful with the hips. I, I mean, their hips, not Sensitive. yours. Yes, Sensitive. yes. And you wonder why I left early? <laughs> yeah, because you said it was loud and it was time for your Metamucil. <laughs> It was yeah. almost my bedtime. We're on West Coast time. Man. Oh, that's right, man. It's that that three-hour time zone. Guys were asking me, "Why did, are you hungry?" I said, "No, dude. It's like four thirty in the afternoon where I'm at right now. I'm not ready to eat." It's like, uh, but but yeah. let's talk though about. Um, you've been speaking at a lot of these conferences now. So, how long have you been doing your speaking gig now? How long has that been going on? I'm in the let's see, probably about two years. Okay, I would have to look to see when Tennessee's was, but I think it's it's right at two years. Okay, and how many how many total people do you think you probably you know like oh, here man. is like nine hundred, right? Mm-hmm. Man, I, I haven't even thought about that. So you're looking at, probably the average is about because you got some three hundred and some yep. at six hundred, and INA was like seven fifty or something. So you're looking at maybe average of four hundred times twenty twenty four mm-hmm. conferences. So quite a few. Okay, well, I don't know the number. Math isn't your strong suit. I don't know. Eight thousand. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I was thinking. Eight to ten thousand people. I mean, that you've got, and that's the hard part. You're out there doing hand to hand combat to get your story out, but yet the people, all they got to do is go to some attorney who goes out and makes these salacious accusations, and you got to spend. I mean, I hate to say it, but you got to spend the rest of your life defending this. Yeah, yeah. I spent two years talking to eight thousand people, convincing them. They get online with one tweet and convince two million. Yeah. Right. And you're like, I'll never win this battle. Right. It's straight uphill. <sighs> Unbelievable. Like Cardi B's. You know, her one tweet had over 17 million views. The video of what, that was full of lies. And so I can't influence 17 million people. Not in my entire lifetime. No. So it's it's an well, unfair battle, but it's what it is. I yeah, mean, it's like some of the videos of the people. They just kept protesting. There's a First Amendment right to peacefully protest, Correct. and everybody tried to say well, it was a mostly peaceful protest. No, not the one that you show that I remember, where the guy starts just walking across, running across, and starts shooting. Cops got shot. Mm-hmm. Innocent people get shot. I mean, how can anybody 
say that this is okay. Right. Uh, it's unreal. The The twisted mindset of the end justifies the means is, as police officers, we can't use that excuse. Right. You know, I can't I can't circumvent the Fourth Amendment to get what I know is inside that house because I don't have enough PC. Well, I solved the case. I, you know, I illegally searched. I detained him, beat a confession out of him. But, hey, we solved the case. That's right. If, yeah. if that's all it takes, I mean, what's good for the goose, right? Well, people don't. But that's the thing. People don't want that. If, if the law enforcement were allowed to act the way that a lot of these other people are, they would revolt. Right. But where's the revolution on the other side? Uh, I'm still waiting for it. Well, that when we remember, we all took an oath to defend and protect the Constitution of the United States. Right. And that means we we go by the rules. That's what separates us from, you know, shitbirds out there. Animals. Just be honorable. You know, be honest about it. It's the thin blue line is a true thing. And it's it's even when I'm doing my presentation, I talk about when my partner Kevin was shot and I went out and I could have shot the guy in the back of the head. And wanted to. You would have gotten an award because of Probably. the situation. Yeah. But when I looked at him, he had dropped his gun. And that's what separates <clears throat> the good guys from the bad guys, that thin blue line. We do not. There are occasionally a bad cop that does step across that line. But as our regular listeners know, our saying is nobody hates a bad cop more than a good, good cop. cop. Yeah. We, we don't make excuses. The guy we met here last year is a perfect example. Oh. You remember, and we're not going to mention his name. He was a douche nugget. He comes up to us oh. and he's like, I'm podcast galled. He, oh. he was a crooked cop that went to prison for helping a gang deal yeah. dope up there. Yeah. And then he comes out and he's like, he's just all cavalier about it. And it's like, we went out to eat the pizza. And, you know, yeah. it's like, I tell you how juvenile I was getting. I was like, he he had to go get a plane in a while. I was going to go hide his bag <laughs> <laughs> because was, he said he damaged our careers. Yes. Yeah, he he put such a stain on us with that yep. that we'll never get it back. But now he's profiting off of it. Exactly. And it's where's where's the justice in that? People always cried justice for X. Well, you, where's the justice? You saw this morning how we're all back there in the green room together, getting ready for the conference to start during the daytime, and, and it'll be the same tomorrow. And uh, he came in, and once we all knew. Who he was? Uh, he's a, he's a man on no. the island by himself. So, <laughs> good buddy of mine. We actually interviewed uh, Tommy Joyce uh, and Mike Prate, but Tommy Joyce from NYPD. So this guy was a. So we, I texted him, and he came back with a term I don't want to use, but it was like, <laughs> and he saw that, and he's like, oh. Is that what he was like? Funny, is that what they said about me? So I'm talking about something else, but I was showing him the text. But I wanted him to know. We check, I mean, we right. the connections are far and deep, so we checked yep. him out, and it's like, oh yeah, that his name is despised hmm. to this day, still up well, at good. NYPD. I mean, no, it, it should be good. good. He should, it should be like Voldemort, you know, the name that has never spoken. <laughs> the again, Scarlet you know? Letter. Well, and the other thing is, and, and I've kind of coined this phrase now that I'm an old fart, you know, has been just because we retired. Doesn't mean our oaths ever expired. That's well, true. You take an oath, you take an oath for life. Well, think about our non disclosures, like on security clearances. Mm -hmm. Non disclosures don't expire. We don't, there's not like, oh, 10 years from now, you can tell you know, all the secrets you know, right? No, that's some of them. You can't even talk about the operational names. You go to jail for that. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Like what? Give us an example. Let's try Adam Schiff. Yeah. Well, like I'm old enough that I keep forgetting that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to find that drug that helps you with your memory. I just can't remember the name of it. <laughs> just write it down. I just take it. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Yeah. That's what would happen. Well, hey, so, um, but you've been doing, so what's next for you? Um, has has there been any interest at all from, because, you know, we have we were joking about this. We've helped launch a couple careers, but like we were talking to Lou Velozzi. We're going to try and catch up with him, but he had to take off. But since then, I mean, 
we got him on the podcast. That was his first kind of break. People, some folks heard about mm-hmm. it. They picked up his book, and now he's going to do a thing for Discovery. Has there been any interest from anybody, Hollywood producers, anybody in the story? No. I, I can't imagine Hollywood. <laughs> there might be one producer Maybe out a there. Mel Gibson type, because yeah. he, he don't mind being a little, you know, a little risky with, with religion well, and stuff. Well, have lethal weapon? Yeah, of course he's nuts. <laughs> you know. yeah, it's, no, uh, there's, there's been none. Again, I, I can't even get the conservatives to talk to me. How's Hollywood going to talk to me? Jeez. Man, I don't it know. Just, it just makes you question everything about our country. Is it the truth doesn't matter anymore? Right. People just, you know, Morgan's heard me bitch about this all the time, that we've just become so permissive in our country that anything goes. Well, that's not the way it's supposed to be. You know, we're there, based on well, the rule of law. Anything negative goes or anything ugly goes. But there's anything, supposed to be consequences. And, but there's this thing is there's no consequence anymore. I was talking yeah. to a guy from L.A. Sheriff here, and they're talking about he knew Claudia. And, you know, he, was, he actually, she and her partner had already been removed from the scene, but he responded to help secure the scene and do stuff. But he was talking about they're dealing with 13 14, 15 year olds. And in my day, when I was 13 year old, and if a cop told me jump, I'd say how, you know, whatever. You know, it was just the respect. But now it's like they're in their face, they're threatening them. You know, they, they, they get them with a the gun, they take them to jail, their parents come pick them up, and they're back out on the street again doing the <laughs> this, same thing. This is how bad the juvenile thing is. So, a buddy of mine's still a, a sergeant on late watch in a in a urban area that's crime ridden. Mm-hmm. They had these two juveniles shoot two other people one night. They get them, they get the guns, they bring them in, and the ju- they've taken away in Jefferson County, which is a million people, the largest city in the state of Kentucky, they moved the juvenile detention center out of that and about two and a half hours away. Yes. Wow. So majority of the time, either cops won't mess with juveniles, which is understandable, or if they get them, they've got to let them go uh-huh. or sign them off to mom. They call it, they, and they've got to go through a process if they actually want to physically lock them up. They've got to call the, I, I don't even know what it's called because they didn't have it when I was there, some kind of justice reform for juveniles or something, and they've got to approve it. They wanted them to release them to their parents for shooting people. Oh. And they luckily, my friend was like, no, this ain't happening. And he made some calls over their head and finally got it approved. Now, they had to haul them two and a half hours away. But at least you've got these these crazy juveniles off the street that are willing to kill at the drop of a hat. And speaking of that, I think it was about 2014, 15 when that whole shift happened. Yeah. And, and it was during the Obama era. It was when all of a sudden he had so much disrespect for police and talking about, you know. You know where did that happen at? And he had to eat his words. It's when they had that incident yes. at the Cambridge, and he said the Cambridge police acted stupidly before he had the facts, and then come to find out, the guy that he was talking about not only taught uh, their version of you know uh, conflict management and de-escalation and stuff, and guy was well not he was well respected. That's when they ended up having the infamous beer summit. Would you have gone to have a beer? I no. think I would have turned him down. No. Oh, I, yeah, you're right. You know what I would have done? <laughs> I think I would have made a bigger statement. I think it would have. Just well, no. I didn't see that video until you played it again this morning, or until you played it this morning, which is um, the when the mayor showed up when you guys were having all the unrest and the civil unrest, and you're staging at a National Guard armory, and he walks in, and everybody gets up and kind of says, "Screw you!" Heck with this, out. walked out. Yeah, yeah. And we need more of that. I'd say I had to snicker when I saw that. <laughs> I would yeah. jump it up and down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, baby. Yeah. But, but, and folks are going to think that we're being... No, it's like, you know what? When you sign up to do this job and you put on the badge and the gun and realize, hey, it's like you. I mean, to this day, 
you still walk around with the, you're the only, other than Brianna, right? But from the law enforcement side, you're the only person that got shot. Right. You know, you're the person, you've got, mm-hmm. you've got a permanent, I, I was going to say visible, but you got pants on. I don't want to see. <laughs> every time I change, I see it. Yes, yeah, so yeah, I'm reminded every but time. But that's what I'm saying. But every yeah. time you're there, you, you're reminded of it. That's something you got to live with the rest of your life. But again, where's the justice for you? We talked about how you got treated by the city. How And, and you're right. The, the city attorneys are not there for you. They're there for the city. Right. You know? And and where's your justice? I mean, I don't I lost know. money. Yeah. I mean, I got my butt kicked in this thing. Yeah. And you would think that uh, at least break even. You know, right, but right. when you lose your overtime and your your off duty and and you're getting your base pay for, you know, two years, then you go into retirement from that, and that affects and your, your retirement. retirement's calculated mm-hmm. on yeah. here. And so everything was just, you know, it just changed. Yeah. And again, there's been good out of it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and complain about all of it because there's been there's been some good stuff to come out of it. But but it's not right. I don't want somebody else to have to go through it. Yeah. And I know folks are probably gonna hear some. There's some background noise and stuff here. We're at an active conference and people are yeah. moving stuff around. So. Yeah, we usually don't do this. So this. This is, and I mean, quite honestly, this is very special for us. Yeah, I love coming out. I here. know it's more personal too because, you know, um, Mr. Mattingly here was laying on the couch. He wanted us to put the mic so he could be stretched out on the couch with his head on the pillow. Here. <laughs> you got some learning here. Yeah. All right. So what's next for you, man? Yeah, I'll be honest. It's. It's kind of wide open. I'm not sure, and me and my wife talk all the time. And I'm always, I'm always in that state of thinking, um, what is next? And I don't want to force anything. I kind of want it to be organic, and that sounds kind of hippie-ish. But no, I kind of want the right thing to come. I don't want to push something and then regret it, or you know, have have to do a 180 and, and change my mind. So. I'm not real sure. I'm just doing this and, and trusting that God's going to open the right door. And, and when he go. does, hopefully I'm smart enough to walk through it. That's, uh, That's it. If it was being smart with the good Lord, I'm not sure I'd still be here. But what? when he presents an opportunity, I always step through. And if it doesn't work out, then I just feel like, you know, he's got something else to right. plan. He's maybe checking your faith. Exactly. Well, that's, like, that's like the guy, big, you know, big flood comes into his town and he's up on his roof and uh, he's standing there and. Uh, people, so guy, you know, yeah. little raft comes by. Says, "Hop in." He says, "No, the, the Lord will save me." Guy in a little motorboat comes by. Says, "Hop in, will save." Me. No, the Lord will save me. Guy, you know, coast guard cutter comes by. Hey, no, Lord will save me. Well, he drowns. He goes to heaven, right? And he's standing at the pearly gates. He's talking to Saint Peter. He says, "Saint Peter said, why didn't the Lord save me? What? We sent you a raft, a boat, and a coast guard cutter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I do sometimes on. it's it's right there in front of you. You just don't know it. Yeah." yeah. Yeah, it's, I, you know, and, I, and it encourages me to hear you say that because if you just got to be ready though, because if you say open, show me an open door, I'll step through, step through, man. Right. Yeah. And, the, and the fortunate thing is, like I said, my dad is still a preacher. You know, he's he's almost eighty, and we were taught it was instilled in us that money doesn't drive you. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. It, sure, it's fun. It can get you get you cool things, but it's it's a tool, is what he always said. It's a tool, and if you take it for yourself, you're kind of shortchanging what God gave you. Help other people with right. it. So, greed's never been an issue with me, thank God, <laughs> because I've seen it with guys, and it kind of yeah. ruins them, and people don't mm-hmm. like them, and all that. But um, 
it's just not my driving force. Money isn't. So as long as I, you know, I've got my health, my family, and and all that, I'm good. Well, I've seen people get the biblical saying wrong. They go, "Money is the root of all evil." No, no the love, the of love money. of money is the root of all evil. There you right? go. But money, I got money, I'm surprised you knew that. Tour. Good cool. job, man. <laughs> You'd be surprised the stuff. I, but I, I, but I do love my Tommy once. Bahama. <laughs> see, you, you guys are jealous because I you got know my him Tommy very Bahama. Well. Yeah, you see this, right? <laughs> it looks good. It is, man. And it's got your number. No, 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 no. I told you. Yeah, that's my personnel number. Don't encourage him. Artist Series 2020. All right. You know, you can get free T-shirts here, and there you are wearing oh, Tommy Bahama. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why. Because you don't want to look like look everybody good. else. That's right. I tell you what, they offered me free T-shirts this morning, and I turned them down. Did you? I've got so many. <laughs> yeah, it's like going to a conference. Here's another bag. I don't need another bag. Yeah. I don't need this. I got a lot right? of tumblers. Yeah, tumblers. Oh, oh, a lot of gosh. Uh, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's all you good know, stuff. Oh, we appreciate it. We appreciate right. it. Well, hey, look, we it. just we just wanted to do a quick catch up, which is what we did last time. You did know, basically thirty uh, minutes or so of just catching up. And uh, but remember, uh, tell us the name of the book again because they can go to our website and find it. It's Twelve Seconds in the Dark, and Amazon's the best place to get it right now. It's on sale, and uh, I think. If you got it and read it, it would open your mind to some things and see some things. Now, things have happened since then, but that's the crux of it. Um, and if you want to give it to somebody else, do it. Pass it along, man. Be a library just so people get the truth out. Because, again, it's not about me, and I don't make uh, – you make <laughs> – you all know very well. You make pennies on these books. You're, you're not getting rich unless right. you're a big, famous person. Um, but the whole point of it is to get the truth out, and I just want that to, to yep. get permeated out so people realize that we can't trust the government. We can't trust the media. Right, you've, you've got to, like you said, get the facts out and then let people decide for themselves. And I, to our listeners, I've read his book. I read his book before we did the podcast interview with you. It's one of the most eye-opening books I've ever read. It sh- it just reinforces what we tell our listeners: don't let other people tell you what to let think. Let the cake bake, man. Let yeah, the do cake your bake. own research and make up your own mind. And and you know what, John, for you and your family, because I know your family sacrificed as much, if not mm, more than more. you, maybe yeah, not physically, 100%. but certainly emotionally. God bless you all, man. We're just Thank proud you. of you. Thank you for coming out here to the Southern California Game Conference and uh, we will continue to promote you as much as we possibly can. Just Thank stand you. by. Appreciate you guys. Now get off your ass and go sell some more books. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, let's All go. Right, All right, see you. Bye. Hey players, that is the end of part one. Part two comes out as always on Tuesday. In the meantime, go check us out at Game of Crimes on Twitter, at Game of Crimes Podcast on Facebook and the Instagram. Also, go check out our website, GameofCrimesPodcast.com. We've got a lot more information there, including our book list. Any book written by our guests will be listed there. In the meantime, go check us out also, patreon.com slash Game of Crimes. It's where we put a lot more content you won't hear on our regular podcast. We go into a lot more topics, and folks, it is a lot of fun. So go check us out, patreon.com slash Game of Crimes. In the meantime, everybody stay safe. We'll see you tomorrow for part two.